Welcome back, folks, to Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a complicated man, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who likes to read the rule book, a man who's been remarked to sound very much like Harry Kane, and a man who just learned a lot about serial killers. Will Everett. Will, how you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing very well, Dan. That, that Harry Kane comparison broke my heart dearly, partly because <laughs> I know it to be true. And also part yeah. because whenever I hear Harry Kane speak, I think, oh, bloody hell, here he goes again. <laughs> and now I understand that every single person in my life feels whenever I open my mouth, which is frequently. It's one of those things when you hear yourself recorded for the first time. See, see I did media studies at college, so I, I've mm. heard myself talk plenty of times. We had to do recordings and mock radio shows and mock TV presenting and all that kind of thing, so... The first time I heard myself, I just thought, oh my God, what is this? This is what you all hear when I say things? This is terrible. So now when we're doing this show, it doesn't bother me. The first time we did this show, it wasn't that weird because I'd heard it plenty of times. But I just think whenever Harry Kane starts talking, you just think, oh shit, this is what I sound like. <laughs> Poor Harry Kane. Poor, Poor he's, Harry Kane. He's so dull, isn't he? Harry Kane would be a good hockey player, I think. He'd be a good, he'd be a good fourth liner, I think. If he, if he got, talks like he plays. He's a big frame, isn't he? Yeah, if he talks like he plays. He's Pat Maroon, I think. Nah, no, nah, I think he's more... Go on, who is he? He's like, I think he'd be... How tall is he? What, 6'2"? How about 6'2", yeah. Yeah. He's big for a so football. Big he's like big a... for a footy player. Yeah, big for a footy player. I was going to say a poor man's Brian Boyle, but he's not that big. No. Nah. That sort of idea. Yeah, like his only right. real thing would be his size. Harry Kane, but... fourth line. And then Brian Boyle's got much more personality than Harry Kane does. So... Yeah, that's true. Question of the week. It's been a, a topic that's been discussed, rest versus rust, which is kind of a moot point now that the Blues have won and they get sort of five days off anyway. So both teams are going to have a sort of decent amount of rest. But Will, if you were the coach of a team or the GM of a team, how would you deal with having 10 days off in between the conference final and the cup final? Keep it going. Keep it going. Practice every other day, I reckon. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd read, read the lay of the land sort of thing. Yeah, because if people are absolutely banged up beyond belief and really hurting then yeah you wouldn't necessarily push it but I'd I'd expect my players to be skating if it was 10 days I'd expect three skates in that in that time just to keep yourself in in the zone sort of thing that's a completely completely different kind of example but if I take a few weeks off of not playing hockey then I feel like I can't bloody skate you know so yeah. what it's going to be 11 days is it for, for yeah, the yeah yeah that's yeah, that's a lot. You know, professional hockey players or not, I doubt. You know, Patrice Bergeron's going to step on the ice next Tuesday and you know blow an edge straight away, fall over, yeah. stand up, going to trip over the gate, getting into the getting into the ring. <laughs> like, did you ever see that video of of the? It's like a pee wee hockey team, and there's a ridiculously oh, yeah. long step. Yeah, there's like a massive jump down to the ring, like, and they're just going like, it's like a lemmings, fourteen inch <laughs> drop onto the ice, and they'll just drop it. <laughs> No, but I I do believe that you'd get some element of rust, mentally or or physically, and and it's almost, especially where everyone's banged up for the playoffs, it's that thing like you know when you finally have a day off or whatever after a long time, and then you yeah. always get ill on that day off or yeah, that's when you, you know, start when to you, feel it. When you rest, you start to feel you know your injuries in whatever way they're coming through, and I I bet the, those Bruins players are hurting more now than they were a week ago. Yeah, totally. You stiffen up. You start. You actually start to feel. The more you rest, the more tired you get because you start to realise. Oh wow, I am actually really fucking knackered. I sh- I can't just keep yeah. going. I have to. 
oh, get up, get up, go, 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 and and you just can't. Do and it. when you're when you're hurting anyway, your body's working still. You're resting, but the body's working because it's trying to fix you. Yeah, I, I think just power through it, just absolutely power. Like like when you when you're on a long run, which um, I can't say I'm overly familiar with myself. But yeah, as soon as you stop, the, they call it. What do they it, call it, it in the marathon? You know, you get to a certain point and oh, you hit the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hit the wall. Hit the wall. Get past, just get past the wall and you're okay. Bring all the wall down, as a wise man once said. I actually wrote this down. I was going to say what the Bruins should do is have an inter-squad game, like a proper actual player as a not obviously you know full-on checking like you know Char or crushing into Bergeron or something, but <laughs> putting him out of a cup final, but something like that. And they are going to do it. They're going to do it. Tomorrow, oh, I think it is. Yeah, and they're gonna yeah. they're gonna charge people tickets. You can come in and watch the game, and they're gonna charge, and then all the money's gonna go to charity. But they're gonna play it as oh. a proper game, which is a good. That's, I think it's a great idea. That's really good because I thought it was gonna go into Jeremy Jacobs' pocket, but that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, that's a that's a really good way. To, uh, the Blue Jackets did a similar thing, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, I think they did in the first round. They either. Oh, okay. I can't remember if they did. They did a scrimmage, but they definitely had a. Um, a practice where they had, they'd literally oh, yes. packed all the, the house all the out fans and stuff, didn't they? Yes, of course, to try and simulate like it as best were, as they could. Like they were bloody Vegas or whatever. Crazy. Rust. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in rust. And what, what about you then, Dan? Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing. I agree. I, I think it's when you stop is when you start to realise how tired you are. It's that thing where you look forward to a day off for ages because, I don't know, say you've been working like crazy or you've got a project to finish. Even, even when I was at college or something, I was revising for exams or something like that you never really have a day off because even if you've got no lessons that day you think oh god i've got i've got to revise today got to revise today it's just mentally draining so then after after your exams are finished you're just knackered for about two weeks because you think oh my god I'm, my brain now can just sort of empty itself and relax and the bruins are the same they've just sort of you know they've got a week and a half now well they're in the middle of having a week and a half to just chill out and think and but then you know records are there to be broken no team that's ever had this long off has ever won the cup which is terrifying as a Bruins fan. <laughs> Long may <Fair>. continue. <laughs> Shut up! On that bombshell of hatred between yourself towards my team, should we, uh, should we start the show? I think we should. I, I don't want to get rusty. that time of the week it's the smooth recap congrats to mike emrick who has won the mbc outstanding sports personality play-by-play award again as he should the only thing i enjoy more than doc's commentary is hispanic soccer commentary when their goals have been scored congratulations to the st louis blues who are now destined to sweep the boston bruins in the standing cup final as destiny commands Tukarask earned his seventh shutout in the playoffs and he passes Mika Kiprasov for the most shutouts by a Finnish-born goaltender. A big fuck you to the Sweden fan who seems to be raising a Nazi salute at the IIHF Worlds. That is, unless he wasn't. Uh, in that case, um, yeah, sorry mate. Personal news now. Me and the wife went and saw John Wick 3. It was fucking awesome. 
the bit with the two dogs was my favourite bit. In other IIHF cock-up news, Russia were almost caught with 10 men on the ice. Luckily, it seems the refs who were knocked out of the playoffs also suit up for the Worlds. The comparisons between John Terry and Zdeno Chara are more than we realised. They're both tall, they're both leaders, they're both captains. And if you're English, you're going to know what this means, but it turns out they're both full kit wankers. One is the loneliest number, and nobody understood that better than the Blues fan who threw their hat on the ice to celebrate Jaden Schwartz's hat-trick in Game 5. Hip-hop hues now, and Snoop Dogg appeared this week at his concert in Montreal wearing a Habs jersey. Egg on some faces, as it was reported Mark Bergevin had swung a trade with the hip-hop community one for one, Snoop Dogg for Carey Price. This was of course proven later on to be false, when the hip-hop community announced they couldn't afford Price's contract. David Backus could become the, f- the fifth former Blues captain to win the Cup since leaving St Louis. Fortunately, that's a very big if. And that was your very biased, smooth recap. Thanks for that. <laughs> I enjoyed right, Dan. No, yes, I am. I did like the team. Did you see the teamwork of the fan getting his hat down onto the ice for Schwartz's hat-trick goal? No, I didn't. I just saw the hat itself on the ice and then... I'd, just seeing the lines would come over and pick up one hat, and I thought, "Oh, what, any, any, no, no, all right, that's, that's just." Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a double team effort. He, the, the guy who had, whose hat it was, passed it to a Blues fan about eight rows down, and then he flung it on. So it was a good, it was good teamwork. So did, did the other guy not have a hat on? No, apparently not. No, that is that's poor etiquette. That it should be like compulsory to wear a hat to hockey games, isn't it? Yeah, it should be, just in case there's a hat trick. We've said before, you know in Edmonton they need a man outside who sells t-shirts that you can, or jerseys that you can just throw when you get annoyed. <laughs> there should be a man outside who just sells knockoff cheap hats for hat tricks. It's, it's like, easy, easy it just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you've got a player who's absolutely as, as hot as Jaden Schwartz is. Yeah, exactly. The, the guy's banging in goals left, right and centre and banging in hat tricks left, right and centre. I mean, well, just left and right because he's had two, but still. Yeah, I'm not nervous. Okay, <laughs> who's winning the cup this week? Not this week, but next week the St. Louis Blues will be winning the cup. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fuck, I walked into that one, didn't I? Shit, That's too too easy, too easy. That was yeah, that was one of the last forty weeks. That was terrible. That was terrible. Arte is winning the cup though. Team GB, baby. That's who's winning the cup. That's who's winning yeah, the cup. Boy. More on this later though. Who's getting relegated? Um, France are getting relegated, Dan. <laughs> I'll read you what I wrote. This is verbatim. Who is getting relegated? France, of course. It's a God's honest, legitimate relegation for the first time ever in this segment. And sorry, France, but that makes me really happy. That's what I wrote. We we actually need to become a um, a IHF World Championship podcast. Sack, sack this NHL nonsense off and just focus on the world. It's true. As, as people... Mind you, to be fair, hockey fans can appreciate it. As, as people who have a sport that is played internationally, as weird as it is watching our team in the in the world, it's uh, we we get that sense of national pride when our team does something. So, can we can we talk about just how th- that that game against the French, just as big as football, that was the most British game of hockey I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, let's get into it now. Let's get into it now while we're here. It was So 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 the meta of it, you've got GB coming back from 3-0 down to beat the French in Golden Goal. Who doesn't miss Golden Goal? At this tournament, he's got four helpers. 
Guti can't win the draw, but he finds the puck alone. Deeks, Pocek, Trey shoots. That's blocked. Trey again. Pat stopped by Bounds. Are you kidding me? What a save by Ben Bounds. Texier wins it so flush. He'll clear the zone. Might be an opportunity for Jonathan Phillips. The captain hustles in on it. Jackie Trilly can't take it away. Springs Davies. Deeks scores. You don't need to um, say it like that. You don't need to put so much stink on saying the word French. The French. <laughs> I just mean if there's ever gonna be if it was gonna be one of two teams that would make give you an extra level of interest for the British public, it's either gonna be the French or the Germans, isn't it? Very um, true. Because we we can't play hockey against Jeremy Corbyn, he hasn't got enough of a squad for the general <laughs> British public. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So says so that, and it's ended up in France getting relegated. If that's not enough to get British fans watching hockey, I there's no hope. There's just no hope. It is a perfect combination of all things the Brits love about sport, isn't it? It is. It is absolutely. It's an underdog story coming back from three 0 down to win four three with, like you say, with a golden goal. Is it? It's Liverpool two thousand and five combined with the World Cup. We love the World Cup. And, and a, a sprinkling of 5-1 in Munich. The comeback started with five minutes left in the second. Uh, a goal from Rob Dowd, Mike Hammond, then got the French squeaky bumming it with a second goal before intermission. Rob Farmer tied up and then Ben Davies wins it two minutes into OT. I've talked about this kind of thing before, but you just know when you watch somebody play, immediately you can just see the little things and go, oh, that's why they do this for a job. I would never even think to do that. That's... That makes sense. That's why they're playing this game and I'm sat watching them play this game. That goal to win it in OT, he has the presence of mind to, to deke it and then before he shoots, he doesn't just try and hit it. In my mind, because I was going, hit it! <laughs> and then he deked and I went, oh! And then he scored and he, of course you're going to deke, of course you should deke it. But in my mind, I would never have done that. That's why I'm an idiot and he's playing in the world. It's, it's that, that um, poise, I think is the word for it, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, yeah. poise to not just think, right, this is my chance, it's no, I can make a better chance and and put it away. You know, as much as as much as, you know, there's there's that sort of self deprecation and, and the jokes about how GB aren't aren't good and it's not it's not a team full of NHL stars. Like, you know, the closest thing they've got to that is a is a bloody eighteen year old who was drafted in the seventh round and has, if we're gonna be very frank, a long shot of ever making the show. Yeah. But they're still highly skilled ice hockey players insanely skilled compared to the average Joe at the very least. It's that split second in, in, in his brain in it's almost second nature in those 0.2 seconds of him deciding what to do. He knows, oh I should decare. Don't just shoot at you idiot. Whereas I might freeze or you might just blast it or I don't know. But he knows, no no I can't do that because if I do that he's gonna, I'm just, I need to trick him here and, and decare. Oh god, just amazing. Just amazing. After he's- another and the goal came after another fucking Ben Bound save. That That Stacks his pads. Oh God! If if Bounty doesn't get some sort of recognition for I don't, I don't know how many teams of the tournament they do they do one or two but like he set the record for most saves in the top tier group stage. I, I wonder if he'll get enough for the AHL next year. You can't think teams are always looking for just something, aren't they? Just and hockey especially they look. I love it. You love a sixth rounder. You love a seventh rounder who comes out of nowhere and ends up being amazing. Like a Pete Mrazek in, a, in the playoffs, just you know, take or Robin Lehner, yeah, just take him. We don't fucking want him, and then he's really good. GMs love that kind of stuff. 
you take him, wouldn't you? You know, just for a, a fucking try or something. 230 saves he had. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Two exactly. I mean, he's no he's no spring chicken at 28, but he's a goalie. Goalies are weird, like we've seen this this year with Jordan Binnington. Yeah. yeah arguably coming out of nowhere to, to the average fan sort of thing. If ever there was a position to take a flyer on for someone who's just set a bloody record at it, he's a goalie. Give give Ben Bounty a chance. Exactly. Fucking Miko Koskinen's making four and a half million in Edmonton. Jesus. <laughs> Christ <laughs> alive. Christ. If fucking Koskinen's getting that kind of deal, then Bounty's worth a couple of million, surely. Well, you'd have thought so. Even, even if he gets the league, league minimum two-way, give him a go in the AHL, see what he's made of. Just, you just, never know. just give him a shot. You never, cause you, like you say, it's a goalie. Goalies are weird. I was a goalie. It's a weird position to play. You're not playing with your friends. You're trying to stop your friends having fun. That's the point of the goalie, even in practice. is You you want to piss everyone off. You want to stop them. It's a weird mindset to be in as a goalie. And coming off, you think, a record-breaking competition, there must be a GM out there somewhere who's just thinking, yeah, fuck it, why not? Just give him a shot. What's, what's the worst that's going to happen? He's not very good and then just get another goalie. The worst that happens is he's not great. You just get rid of him and then do the same thing again with another guy who you take a punt on. So just you know, just keep taking punts until one sticks. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll love to see what happens with him. Me too. I really hope. I really hope. I really hope he gets some. He's been featured on a fair few sort of world's videos and he's on the Twitter feed quite a bit. People just holy shit, look at the save. Oh my god, he's done it again. He's setting records. So his name's out there. And I hope he does because. If it wasn't for him, it would have been more. It would have been even more embarrassing than it was at certain points. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I'd, hey, I, I wouldn't say it was an, embar- an embarrassing showing on the on the whole. We've, they've stayed in the top division, Dan. Back to back promotions, and they've True. avoided relegation. What? That's for the, yeah, for the first time ever as well. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Yeah. I took, well, I want to win it. Well, that's the point. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is good though. It is good though, and it's not the first time Britain's managed to fight back to win something after a French capitulation. So there is that as well. I could know. Too much? Is that too far? I mean, I'd, I feel like whenever you bring in either of the great wars into an, into a conversation, you've sort of jumped the shot there, really, haven't you? Yeah. I couldn't help myself, though. This, it was too obvious for me to not say it. It's, it's fair enough. I, I can't hold it against you. And for those people who've not seen, Will, would you like to tell the people of the world what the GB players were chanting after the game? Um, in, in true British fashion... Uh, a very self-deprecating chant from the boys in uh, in red, white, and blue. The original red, white, and blue boys. I love you know. They were chanting, "We're shit, and we know we are," <laughs> which is just beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. That went everywhere as well. That was great. We're shit, and we know we are. What a chant! That's that's the way to endear yourself to hockey fans. Absolutely everywhere. Just human beings everywhere. And shout out to, uh, just getting off GB for a sec, shout out to Italy as well, who did the same thing, stayed in the top tier after beating Austria in a shootout. Don't have a World War Two joke here though, so none of that embarrassingness there, but yeah, um, shout out to Italy, well done. I, f- I feel like there's more of a World War One joke with Italy and Austria, isn't there? Oh, good point, good point. There we go. We'll get Dan Carlin on the uh, podcast next week for some <laughs> yeah. World War One jokes. Have you seen the quarterfinals draw? I am looking forward to that. No. There's a couple of no. little tasty... Uh... No, G- GB are finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying attention now. Good point, mate, I've, shit. I've got, my, I've got my bloody Bermuda shorts on and a pair of sandals, mate. Hockey is finished. <laughs> the next round is we've got Canada, Switzerland, Russia, oh. America, Finland, Sweden, 
Czechs, Germans. I wonder if um, Timo Meyer will head over and stop playing for the Swiss. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, probably not enough of a difference maker to overthrow the Canadians, but you never hey, know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, how many starters and scratches you got? I've got three starters and two scratches for you, sir. I've got two and one, so you can go first. Well, my first one's a bit of a uh, bit of a gimme, as it's going to be Big Ben Bands for uh, all the reasons Yay. we've just mentioned. How can you not start him? How can you not start him? Absolute hero. More of a hero, I'd argue, than Steve McQueen. Oh, yeah, of course. Fucking Steve McQueen. Who do you ever save a shot from? Oh, yeah, only the Nazis. <laughs> no, wait, no, that was Slice to Low, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> God, it always comes back to Escape to Victory. As it, as it should. As it should. What a film, though. What a film. Anyway, I'm going to start Hockey Hits. Did you see the Memorial Cup hit? Oh my god, where the guy like floats through the air like his body Kirby and Super Smash Brothers. I will try and explain this as best as I can. Halifax Mooseheads are playing the Prince Albert Raiders, which always makes me laugh as a name, because, you know, whatever. Keith Getson... <laughs> I mean, print... just break that down. The Prince Albert Raiders. They're stealing the Prince Alberts. Anyway, Keith Getson skates back on the forecheck and he collides with uh, Max Martin. As they collide, for some reason, and I still haven't been able to work this out, the laws of physics take over somehow, but I'm not smart enough to know how, and Getson takes off, and he is horizontal when he hits the end boards. And I'm not just talking he's horizontal on the ice. He's in the air. It's And he, he flies, like, what, two metres at, like, the same height? Just... <laughs> <laughs> he, has, he has a constant force driving him somehow at the, at the same height as he hits the end boards and the glass. It's terrifying I, but, I just don't get it just, that's got a that's got a sting though isn't it? but no but then he just got he just got up and carried on he seemed well, fine what does he do well, he's young I mean, isn't yeah. he it's more that's, yeah. he's, he's under 20 he's invincible effectively that's true yeah he's unbreakable at this point isn't he <laughs> anyway yeah check out that hit folks it's all over the place it's ridiculous okay what's your next one my next one is going to be I'm going to start pudding have you heard about pudding I mean I'm aware of it Pudding, pudding is delicious, but the pudding I'm referring to is a is a nickname given to the uh, Swedish national team's equipment manager, oh, coach, whatever you want to call him. Of course, of course. So, so what happened this week? They honoured him for service or however many games he'd done. Yeah, he's retiring um, after thirty five years or something. That sounds like yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, that sounds like something um, that could happen. So, so they're doing this whole on ice ceremony, you know, geezer in a suit standing out on the carpet. They've got the two captains. They've got a jersey with his name on the back, and they're they're saying all these nice things about him. Pudding is not on the ice. He's on the bench doing his bloody job, and they have to <laughs> effectively drag him off the bench. It's like, mate, can you stop arranging rolls of tape to come and accept your ceremonial jersey? So that we're saying thank you. And he just comes along, like gives OEL a little handshake, takes his jersey and buggers off back to doing his job. And it's like, what a guy. Big on your pudding. Well done, son. That's it, man. Pudding is a man. He's a man's man right there. Someone you want to go go into the mines with. What the fuck is this? Ceremonial jersey? I don't fucking need this shit. I got tape to organise. Fuck off. (laughs) That's my guy. (laughs) What a guy. Unbelievably, and I say this all the time, we never plan these things. I'm also starting a a, a sweet-based ingested item and i'm starting milkshakes and in particular people throwing milkshakes at twats in the street notably tommy robinson and nigel farage being the latest victims of what i'm going to call getting shaked and it's great violence is never the answer 
But I believe if you're a complete cunt like these two are, you should get milkshakes thrown at your head all the time. And I, th- I think it's great. On, a, on that subject, Dan, I would like to point out that I'm martyr for the, uh, for the anti-fascist movement. As this week, I suffered a paper cut while tearing up a photo of Nigel Farage, which accompanied my letterbox. <laughs> wow, that's symbolic. I mean, I hate I, him I so expect... much, I bled. I don't, that, that's, that's it. I just expect some sort of parade, some sort of anti-fa, maybe eulogy on my part. That's, that's all I want, really. There'll, there'll, be, there'll be sonnets written about you, Will. I, I certainly hope so. Have you had any of this guff that, for, for fear of alienating maybe two of our seven fans... Have you had any of this guff about the England seceding from the UK? <sighs> yes. Beautiful. Let me just. Beautiful. Let's let me, do let it. Me just, Why not? Let me just. I'll just get this out there now because I just. You know, just to, just to quell any kind of uh, what's the word confusion or if you're not sure about something, if you're the kind of person who thinks Tommy Robinson or Nigel Farage make good points, please just go and play on the motorway on rush hour and just do us all just do us all a favour or jump off the highest thing you can find. Please, just, you know, that that's all i got to say. That's just a little announcement there from me on behalf of this show. I, I don't before you to this do, show. Before you do, leave us a five-star rating <laughs> on iTunes. <laughs> before you decide to go and play chicken with an articulated lorry, can you just leave us a five-star review on iTunes, mate? That'd be awesome. Cheers, thanks, That'd be, that'd be funny. <laughs> thanks. I'd, I'd, I don't want it to get too political, but I just think, of course it was going to end up like this. We've, we've voted for Brexit so that we can keep everyone else out you know, the oh the bloody the Muslims and their Sharia law and the French and the the bloody Greeks or whoever we want to keep out. Of course, we're going to suddenly be like, oh, too many Scots around here for me. <laughs> too many Welsh oh, in yeah. England. England for oh, the English. Morons. The Absolute. problem is with these. The problem is with these fucking idiots. Is that we're trying to do our best now as a country for some fucking reason. I don't know why. To kick out everybody who's not white and born in England. The problem is going to be is that when all those people have gone, they're just going to they're just going to turn on each other anyway, and then they're going to just start killing each other. They're all fucking dumb. It's like um, <sighs> where, whether it's your cup of tea or not. Are you a Rick and Morty fan, Dan? I can take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Have you seen that? There's an episode where they're on some strange planet. I forget how it gets there, but it basically ends up in a race war between people who have different types of nipples, and that's the only thing that's <laughs> differentiating okay. them. Look exactly the same. Some people have like nipples with two nipples, and some people have nipples with one nipple. And I just, you know, whatever you, however you feel about the show, that is the perfect summation of racists and anyone who, who you know, has a whole our country get the fuck out kind of attitude. Yeah, you just yeah, we'll be there in the end. We'll be there in the end. I thoroughly look forward to it. It's going to be great. <sighs> okay, what was your last start? To carry on a very depressing trend, I'm going to start Johan Franzen. Probably. <laughs> Forgotten about by a lot of NHL fans at the moment. Franzen still has an NHL contract with the with the Red Wings, but he's been been unable to play for for a number of years due to concussions and post concussion syndrome. This week went on uh, Swedish television to talk about the effects that CTE has had on him and the uh, the immense depression that he's felt since his playing career has been ended. Big up to Johan. He's a legend in the game. Yeah, he's probably not going to end up in the Hall of Fame or anything, but he's a he's a big player. He's got he's got a big reputation. And for for any player, no matter whether you played, you know, one shift or a thousand thousand games, you know, to come out and and speak about the troubles that you're experiencing in your post playing career and and to to be sort of to tackle your own mental health issues on on national TV is is always worth commending. So big up Johan Franz and, and uh, we're all thinking of you. Absolutely. This there is something too that 
I don't know if I mentioned this before or not, but I feel sort of a certain amount of sports, definitely hockey, definitely football, definitely American football, it's almost like it's an army mentality in that kind of sort of live for the team, die for the team, and then once you're done, they just kick you out. And yeah. I, I've, I've read a few, not blogs, what, what's the word? So, uh, testimonies. I've, I've read a few testimonies from people in the army who talk about, and once it's broken down, it's, it's very hard to, it's hard to understand if you're just thinking about it naturally, but once it's broken down for you that you think you're told what to do every second of every day, and then after 20 years of that, you're just told, off you go then. Like, what are you supposed to do then? How are you then supposed to function when you've gone from speaking in, a, in, a, in an armed service or an armed forces sort of style that once you've gone from you're hunkered down in the middle of Iraq or, I don't know, wherever, and there's people shooting at you and you're going crazy, to then you're just going to go and work at B&Q. Your brain is completely fried. I, I get it, it's not life and death, but it's the same in these team sports where you, you come back into the locker room and you see guys who've got nosebleeds, teeth missing, concussions. They're looking at your glassy eyes and you're just thinking, oh, fucking hell, this guy's no good. And you bond with him and you help him. And once you're then shoved back out into the world of no hockey, how do you then live your daily life? How 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 do you then function? It's it's a terrifying thing. And I think there's not maybe not a study, but I think it would be like an interesting, well, maybe a study, an interesting kind of study into looking at these team sports and... Say military service sounds crazy, but I believe there's something there. There's a kind of link there between the two. You you can draw parallels in the sense that both are, are taking young men and women from around the world, yeah, taking them for their first day and saying, right, you are no longer a civilian. You are no longer a person. You are a hockey player. You are an American football player. You are a soldier. Yeah. This is what you are for your service. And then, like you say, at the end, oh, see you later. Now just go off and now you're that person again. I know we've we've ingrained it into you that you are not that person anymore and you have to not think like that person. You have to have different expectations for yourself than the average person. But now, well, whatever, see you later. Now you're just an average person again. You can totally get you can totally get how hockey players... Well, anybody, but I'm obviously hockey players because that's what we talk about. But hockey players can go absolutely stir-crazy inside their own minds. Because for so long you're getting on, you've maybe got a day at home. Then you've got, a, you know, then you've got like a West Coast road trip. You fly to Anaheim, you play your game, you get on the, or you, you know, you get back on the plane, you go into LA, you go into play San Jose, then you're back for a day. Okay, now we've got a home game. Oh, now we've got an away game in two days. So I better get this ready. I better do this. I better do that. To then go from that to I've retired. I've now got nothing to do for the rest of my life. What what do you then do? It's it's no wonder they all go fucking mental and lose their minds. Yeah, concussions or not, you're not exactly set up yeah. in a position where you're going to have um, mental stability after your playing career, are you? No, absolutely. Okie dokie. Uh, okay, two scratches? Yeah, you go first. A pair of scratches. So uh, I'm going to scratch the gif of the now infamous Eric Carlson goal, which featured the team on my handbars, because that gif released by the NHL's Twitter feed and uh, and any other social media did not feature the uh, the... Uh, Team of my hand passed, even though they recorded that as an assist on their official score sheets. Really? Yeah, the <laughs> gift that's floating about doesn't have the Maya hand pass in. Funny, that, isn't it? They've tried to erase it from history. Holy shit. That's mad. Can't make. I'll tell you what, if, if I had been given an assist and then I wasn't in the gift for the goal, I'd be, I'd be pretty naffed off. Yeah, but it was that assist. 
wasn't the greatest thing. You know what I mean? You might be thinking, actually, yeah, keep that under the rug. It's fine. I won't mention it. Incredible, incredible assist. If I was Timo Vara, I'd be, I'd be all for. I'd want that everywhere. Like, look at how, how amazing I am. <laughs> T-shirts with it on. <laughs> I, I was there for the assist or something like that. <laughs> I am the assist. It's like Mar- yeah. Why, why didn't Maradona ever walk around with a hand of T-shirt on? I don't know. Yeah, once it's happened, they can't play it again. Just lean into it. Whatever. I am the yeah, hand I'm of God. Fucking Maradona. My scratch is rather unfortunate, and it will involve a death. But Hamilton the pig is getting scratched. And when I say Hamilton the pig is getting scratched, I mean literally. He's getting double tapped <laughs> to the back of the head, mafia style, and he's going to be on someone's barbecue in Carolina before we know it. I've, was it? I think it must have been Park Soup, but they were talking about um, how you've got to eat the pig now, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I said to you, didn't I? I said to you, if the Bruins win, the Bruins have got to kill the pig and eat bacon sandwiches on the ice or something. <laughs> this is what we think of your pig. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, delicious. <laughs> we've we've won the pit like a, a bloody pink slip racing, but hockey for the pig. <laughs> the pig's up for grabs. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, my, my other scra- scratch and last scratch of the week is going to be uh, Alexander's Texier who um, in the space of two weeks was eliminated from the NHL playoffs, oh, okay. eliminated from the AHL playoffs, <laughs> and relegated from the top division of the IIHF World Championships. Oh, fucking hell. That's basically the opposite of what happened to Kyle McCard, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He probably wishes he was Hamilton the pig right now. Just someone finish me off. <laughs> someone just someone finish... a bacon sandwich. Yeah. Just someone finish me off and have Chara eat me. For fuck's sake. <laughs> My fucking life. That is hard, isn't it? That is that's savage. Fuck, you know. I he's had a few seasons just... though, Tex here. Yeah. He's, I wonder if he was just thinking before that game where they got relegated from the top tier, if he was just thinking, it can't happen three times, surely. I'm not that bad a person. I'm a good person. I must have nobody must hate me that much, whatever. <laughs> interdimensional god is out there or something they can't no, do this to me that makes him sound too human dad I prefer the idea of him in that locker room before the game against GB and he's like oh, 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 you think the bloody British are going to stand between me and the top division oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh fucking hell as, as, as much as we um, blow smoke up Liam Kirk's ass, I do, I do think we have to, to humbly admit that Alex Texier is, is the great future of French hockey oh yeah yeah you think the the season he's had this year, the absolute breakout performance he's had at the end of the season in the playoffs. Yeah, he's gonna for for a country whose greatest export hockey wise so far has been Antoine Roussel. All due yeah. respect to to your boy Antoine. If Texier turns into a true top six forward in the NHL, that is fantastic for France. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he's been really good. He's been really good. And dude, fucking hell, that just that sucks. Just that sucks. savage is that? What a way to go into the off season. Wow, a misery, a misery laden starts and starts and scratches there. <laughs> even even the starts were bad. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you're operating heavy machinery right now or driving a car, just get home, okay? Get home, see your loved ones. You know, give them a kiss, give them a cuddle. It'll be okay, I promise. I'm sorry, we didn't we didn't try to depress you too much. I, I promise you that. Let's move on to the playoffs, shall we? The Stanley Cup final is set. It is the Boston Bruins versus the St. Louis Blues. Blues closing out their series last night with a Sharks team who I'm pretty sure at some point, if injuries had carried on, maybe Pudding would have gotten a game. They would have, you know, got him over there. The Sharks kit man, maybe the tea lady, popcorn vendors, I don't know. We'll start <laughs> with the Bru- a great, great image of like a, a dinner lady with a teal tabard on. 
cut out the bloody hair now. <laughs> why, why you'd have a shark's dinner lady? I don't know why, but... Uh, I don't know. It works, though. I like it. I think it's all right. We'll start the Bruins Hurricanes first, because that was... That genuinely feels like it was about a month ago that the Had Bruins that made the cup final. in the last episode? No, it was 3-0 at the last episode. And we were, t- oh, we were talking yeah, about yeah. it's pretty much done. Because, you know, it was clear at that point it was going to be done. Unfortunately for the Hurricanes, it kind of ended in a damp squib. They lost 4-0. Game 4 was tough for them as well. I mean, they went they went 14 minutes without a shot at one point, which that's one of those stats that I just think, how is that even possible in hockey? How is that even possible to go 14 minutes without a shot? Especially when you've got the, the Kings of Corsi. Yeah, exactly. You would, th- you would just think... At some point, Brindamore might have just said, look, the second one of you gets on the ice, just it doesn't even have to be a great... Just blast one in to the net, please. Just just get this. Just get us at least a shot. Because we must be looking at the scoreboard thinking, okay, we're still not a shot. This is ridiculous. What's going on? So at that point, just, just fucking rip one in. Just get anything on target. Anything. doesn't matter. I saw a stat on the Hurricanes power play, which was 5 for 52 in the playoffs. <laughs> Oh, Which, mate. when you say that, you must then. How the fuck did they make the conference final? Five <laughs> for fifty-two, That's and they were one. Awful. They were one. Yeah, they were one for fourteen against the Bruins in the series. That and the Bruins yeah. went. The Bruins went seven for fifteen. I thought you said seven for fifty for a second. I was like, oh, no, seven for fifteen in the series. Sounds a bit off. Yeah, five for fifty-two. Jesus Christ, that's that's a team that, well, especially with the with the one for fourteen in the in the conference final, like. Yeah, just lost the mojo. It's over. I think they just, yeah, they just ran out of gas, ran out of ideas. That's mad, especially when special teams can be so important in the playoffs. I know, everyone's already ba- everyone's already basically saying, if the Blues win the Cup, it's very simple. Just don't let the Bruins... If the, yeah, if the Blues are going to win the Cup, just don't let the Bruins go on the power play, basically, because they'll just kill yeah. you. Which they have been. They've just, they've just been ripping teams to pieces on the power play. We'll get to that in a minute. i got to shout out another unbelievable stat, which is Tuka Rask. In elimination games, he is ninety-five for ninety-six with a sorry a nine-ninety save percentage. What ninety-five wins out of ninety-six? No, so ninety-six shots, ninety-five oh, saves. Oh, that doesn't even make sense. Um, yeah. Nine-ninety save percentage—that's madness. So, so in one goal in elimination, any of the yeah. elimination games that he's played in. Yeah, so in the first game against the Leafs, it was 32 saves on 33 shots. Game six at the Blue Jackets, 39 saves on 39 shots. And then the Hurricanes, 24 saves, 24 shots. He's, a, he's having a good year, a good playoff at the very least. Yeah, he's been okay. His save percentage for the, for the Hurricane series was 9.56, and his save percentage so far this postseason is 9.42. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. Isn't that insane? I was, jo- I was joking the other week when I said he's having a Tim Thomas-like run. But he actually is now. He actually is having a Tim Thomas type run. It's fucking I, I, insane. I feel like he could get pulled in the first period of the final. <laughs> you know, let in, let in four goals and then still win the Clubs life. Yeah, you got a fair point. Crazy. Just crazy. There is a, with the Bruins sweeping the Hurricanes, just to, as we talked about rest versus rust before, I had a quick look at teams who've swept the conference final. How have they then done in the cup final? Because obviously, if you sweep a team in the conference final, the chances are you're going to get a longer break and you know blah blah blah. But the consensus of sweeping teams, uh, sort of being then endangered in the cup final, isn't really true. So when there's been a sweep in the conference final, the team that won is ten and nine in the Stanley Cup overall. So it's Christ. not. It's I not know. I, I was very surprised. I was very surprised. 
one other thing as well is before we get into San Jose St. Louis, now we know it's Blues Bruins, we mostly just get Bobby Orr and Bobby Orr alone to do commentary, to do between the benches, to host the show, because we're going to be seeing an awful lot of Bobby Orr in the Stanley Cup final. Was it um, because, who, was because it that, got, yeah, that goal? Yes, that's, that's that when goal. That's from. That's the diving goal from the, yeah the seventy Stanley Cup that won it. That's that goal. The 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 Bobby Orr dive is against the Blues. That goal's shit though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it let's, is. Let's, it's not be, the goal, is real. it? It's the celebration. That's what it is. Do you know who Roger Miller is? The Cameroon what do you mean, footballer. The Cameroonian the 90s. Guy. Of course, I know yeah. who Roger Miller is. Right. His goals aren't world beaters, are they? A lot of them are empty net tap-ins, but he runs to the corner flag, does does a funny jig, and everyone knows who Roger Miller is. That's the Bobby Orr goal. <laughs> does a jig. <laughs> like well, he did. The bloody Royal Variety <laughs> performance in 1932. <laughs> Welcome to Britain's Got Talent. What's your name? Hello, I am Roger Miller. What are you doing for us, Roger? I have a jig. A funny jig. <laughs> 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 but you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, the goal is not a great goal. It's but obviously it's a celebration. I even then the um, whole sequence I, think, I find is one of the most overrated things in hockey. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't believe I can't believe they've made a statue out of it. Like what the geezer fell over. Yeah, but he didn't, did he? After the fact, you know that he was helped along because I can't remember. The, I can't remember the name of the Blues player, but as the as he goes past the Blues player. The, and trips over his stick, the Blues player says, I lifted my stick on purpose because I was pissed off and I wanted to fling him up in the air. But it caused him to d- dive through the air like fucking Superman. And then when the picture's taken, it looks amazing because it looks like he's diving in triumph. Not, I was tripped over, essentially, which is what it, which is, what it is. It's a, it's a good picture, but the video is so, so underwhelming. Dude, I disagree. I disagree. It's one of the most iconic yeah, goals. Of course, of course, you're gonna disagree. I, I think the Brett Hull goal in 1999 is one of the most iconic goals of all time. But no, it is. Sure I agree with that. There's that. There's that Eisenman goal oh, what, in after the cup stripping final. Gretzky. Yeah, there's the Gretzky goal. Basically, does the same thing. He go, you know, goes from left to right, and, and it goes. To, that's an iconic goal. I'm not saying it's the most iconic goal, but if you say to people, can you name the most top 10 iconic goals in hockey history, that Bobby your goal is in there for sure. Oh yeah, it's iconic, but it's still like <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that, how can I argue? <laughs> how do I? I've got a very sound point there, Dan. Yeah, the sound point is I just don't like it very much. <laughs> I just, I d- yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just highly underwhelming, the whole situation. The photo is infinitely better than anything else to do with the goal. And I agree to it. I agree to a point, but the photo was lived on for so long after because you obviously we didn't have the internet to go back and watch it ten times. You didn't have all these broadcasts literally across the world that would show it ten times a game whenever the Bruins play or whenever the Bruins get to the cup final. I get that. But because it lived on for so long, it's just it's etched in people's minds. And it's the winning goal in the Stanley Cup final, and as he scores it, you know, he does a Superman dive essentially point being Dan if you're going to erect a statue of that goal you should have Joe Doherty or whatever his name is kneeling down with his camera in that statue as well because the focus really is unnamed photographer X who took that photo that's a much better performance (laughs) it should be the guy who gets all the credit it should just be a statue of him (laughs) some guy taking a photo Who's that, statue, who's that statue of? Ah, some photographer dude. What did he do? I don't know. I took a fucking picture. What of? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, great. Some guy. Like a, like a really long and really big brass engraved placard underneath. Like, <laughs> this is a picture of who was taking yeah. a photo of. Let's move on to the, the 
Blues and the Sharks because I watched. I I I understand from your WhatsApp message the conversation around you didn't see Game Five. No, no, I was. What was I doing Sunday night? Uh, I think I was finishing Adventure Time with uh, with my darling wife to be. Ah, there we go. I had to break down Game Five like there's a Pruder film because this game. I don't think I've seen anything like this in a long time. Maybe ever. It was a single implosion of a whole team season of such magnitude that it ruined the entire series, it ruined their season, and it maybe changed the future of this team in one go. I'm just going to read through... Go on, sorry, go on. That is such a proclamation. Like I understand that a bunch of people got hurt. And they got relatively banged. What was it, 5-2 in the end? It was 5-0. Five 5-0, nil. Five nil. there you go. That's quite quite a lot to rest on one 5-0. You know, we've had other 5-0 drubbings in this postseason. And it's I not agree. like that was that was the elimination game. And then I when agree. you chuck the, chuck the injuries on top of it, that's just quite a label to put on a, on a single game there. That, that proclamation isn't 100% on this game. But this game has maybe brought some things to light, has maybe shown us that, okay, the Sharks are now getting older. They've got a fair few banged up players. They've got players they need to re-sign. They have gone all in this year. They did go all in. We talked about the, the Blue Jackets doing it. The Sharks have, sort of, I guess because the Sharks did it at the start of the year, getting Carlson. And they already picked up Evander Kane last year. They only made, I think, the Nyquist move at the deadline, or maybe one that I've forgotten. But this Sharks think, team, yeah. yeah, this Sharks team went all in. And this game was—I don't want to use the word comedy of errors, but so okay. Let me just go through it. So before the game, it shows Eric Carlson skating around, stretching. He's doing that weird kind of legs out, legs in, legs and legs out kind of thing. And I was watching him thinking, dude, he's not right. He's not right, because he looked laboured at the end of game four. I caught the, I watched the replay of game four uh, the day after it had taken place. And they were, you know, just mentioning like, Carlson doesn't look great. He's, uh, you know, we're not quite sure. What do we do? You know, is he, he played all right? Like, he played one shift in the last 10 minutes, I think. Of yeah, he the, played some like two. Game like, four. Yeah, not much. He didn't play much in the at the end. And it was clear there was something not quite right. The game starts, 10 seconds in, Evander Kane hits the post. That goes in, you don't know. Maybe it's a different game. That was a bloody rocket of a shot as well, wouldn't it? That's fucking ridiculous, wasn't it? Eric Carlson, a few a few minutes into the game. <laughs> yeah. He's the primary assist on the first goal, which goes to Oscar Sunquist of the Blues. So the <laughs> Blues got 1-0 thanks to an Eric Carlson mistake. That that moment, I, I watched a couple of the highlights and I'm watching Carlson go for that puck, knowing that yeah, he doesn't finish the game because he's injured just watching him with that extra level of scrutiny and just yeah. that play you think like what is he doing yeah. what is he doing like it's such a bad bank off the boards it's yeah diabolical yeah no idea what he's doing into the second period Sharks at the post again 20 seconds later the puck bubbles to Martin Jones who decides in a very in a very gracious manner maybe feels you know maybe he feels the Blues do deserve to be in the cup final decides to pass it to Jaden Swartz for some reason, and he just puts the puck into the empty net. Just, just I, I don't know what Martin Jones is doing there. I don't know what he's doing. I've said before, I really try to not sort of question players' decisions, or I am not an NHL player, but 
I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. It's a terrible thing. Second goal for the Blues, second Sharks mistake. A few minutes after that, Tarasenko roofs a penalty shot after Brent, Bur- Brent Burns gets turned around into a turn one and it causes him to foul Tarasenko. Another mistake. So the Blues are three up and they've not even had to work for it, really. Before the third starts, Carlson's out. Clearly, he's not been anywhere near fit. Then Hurdle doesn't start the third period either after Barbashev absolutely rings his bell with a questionable hit, which the partner play safety said they're not doing anything about because the point of contact was not the head. But I don't know. I saw them given. I think we were, there was a Jack Eichel one earlier in the season that we discussed uh, against Colorado. Mm. I can't remember who he hit. But to me, this Barbashev hit was worse than that. I'm not saying it was dangerous or anything, but I thought if Eichel got something, the Barbashev should have got something for that. I don't know. Then Joe Pavelski takes a hit and he goes to the back because he gets crushed by Petrangelo. The Sharks then take two minor penalties and Schwartz scores on the five on three. Then Jonas Dunskoy has to go to the back when Braun clears a puck into his face. <laughs> Dude. Haley then takes a 10-minute major for a game misconduct. And then Schwartz gets his third. The hat-trick's done. And the game is done. And I just... I mean, everything. If, if, you're, if you were talking about the Sharks getting decisions before this game to get through the rounds, to get all the luck, whatever you want to call it, it all came back and bit them royally in the arse in this game. In the final two periods, the Blues outshot the Sharks 36-10. to 10. In the conference final, they were outshot 36-10. to 10. That's, What the fuck? That's offensive. That, that's the tale of the team imploding, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a shame you didn't see it because it was... Honestly, I mean, you, you get decisions that go against teams. You get decisions that change a series that's a bad decision or a bad call or a mistake or something. But Jesus Christ, this was just everything. Everything was just going against the Sharks. Just stupid penalties, mistakes, defenders, players clearly injured, the ball making mistakes, just bad line changes, players getting caught out of position, like players hurt, like on the same team hurting each other. Fucking absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. It's like the hockey gods saying down to the San Jose, like, nah, it's, it's over, boys. See you later. Absolutely. So then it led me to thinking, okay, that game was terrible, clearly. And there was no, there was, I, there was no doubt in my mind, there was no doubt in my mind that that was it. The Sharks were done because clearly at least two players were not going to be playing in the next game, maybe three, maybe four. Who would, who would normally play? You then start looking at the sharks as as a team, and the sharks are the, the sharks are the new Ovi. It's not a player; it's the sharks as a whole. The sharks are the new Ovechkin. Can't get it done. Um, and and as I said, they went all in this year. They've got they've got eight picks in the next two drafts. They've given up both their first. They've not got a second this year. And I'm not going to pretend I'm more of their prospect pool, and I'm not. But they've got good players coming up. UFA, good players coming up. RFA, they've okay. This is crazy. This is for this team. This is crazy. So I'm, I'm kind of ranting here, but it's a long kind of it's a long train of thought. And they've made the playoffs 14 out of the last 15 seasons. Ten of those times, they've gone into at least the second round. And no team has played more playoff games since 2004. Since Doug Wilson got there, they have never scored less than 89 points. And in the last 15 years, they've got a 6.29 winning percentage. Yet. They just cannot catch a break, get over the hump. I don't know what you want to call it. They've had they've had one finals appearance in that entire time, haven't they? Yeah, 
And now there are players injured. Thornton's another year older. Pavelski's another year older. The Sharks do draft well. That is, you know, they've because they've been so good for so long, it's clear that they know how to draft. They know how to get players in. But are they going to re-sign Carlson? I mean, he is. A, it looks like he's, from what we've gathered, it looks like he's been dealing with a lot of injuries all year. Yeah, he looked like a man with half a foot. Yes, exactly. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of. It's, it's a long point to make, but I'm just. That was kind of what kind of got me from that game was when I then started looking at things and I started thinking, Jesus Christ, they've still got some young players though on the roster. Like Timo Myers, what 21, 22. Kevin LeBanks, hmm. pretty young. I mean, Logan Couture is not young, but he's not. He's not as old as Pavelski or Thornton are. They've got youngish players. Problem is it. Their star D-man played his thousandth game this year, so that's not a that's not a start for having a young team. And then Mark Edward Vlasic isn't much younger than he is. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think they'll bring back Big and Little Joe for another year. And I, th- I think yeah, you can't write an obituary for a team based off of a playoff collapse. I don't think. I think you need that. the the sharks are almost you know that coach that is on the hot seat going into the season for the next season and you almost expect them to be sacked by Christmas sort of thing. Yeah, the sharks are like the team equivalent of that. If they have a bad start to next year, then that's it. Like the the writing on the wall have been written in ink sort of thing. Maybe I was. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was just reacting to that game because that... no, I, I I think you're spot on. Like, game it definitely looks it looks like they're done, but. You can't. I don't think you can say for certain until until you see it in a regular season. As much as we keep saying the regular season doesn't matter, it definitely does matter for deciding whether teams are done or not. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I was I was thinking after that game and, and knowing what happened. Like my first thought was, oh, Eric Carlson's cost himself a lot of money there, but yeah. he hasn't. As he, he hasn't. Some someone's gonna throw you know seven by ten at him to get him to sign what he might have done is cost him the places he can sign for that sort of money like I'd be surprised if, if the Sharks re-sign him now not to say that he's a bad player but he's evidencing that injury is causing him an issue like you know he went into the season being an injury risk now we've seen it you know and the sort of uh, the issues that it can create for him I think you'll have um, less of the desirable teams offering him potentially the term that he wants if he's willing to go sort of two, three years on a short term and then hope that he uh, he proves himself and not proves himself, but you know what I mean, like he's still playing at a decent level to earn a seven year contract in a couple of years, then then that'd be one thing. But yeah, I don't know if every, if every GM will be climbing over each other to give him a, a max contract in free agency this year. I'll be I'll be stunned if he gets if he gets a giant deal. I'll be absolutely stunned. I really will. Were you, were you really? Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's still Eric Carlson, and NHL DMs are still stupid, Dan. Like, <laughs> yeah, are, you te- are you telling me like I was going to say Eugene? But no, that's guy you. You can't say Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuffed. Who else is an idiot? There'll be someone out there that will give him like seven by ten or whatever. He's been he's been injured the whole. It's clear now he's been injured the whole year. Yeah, but Jim Bennington's not going to care about that, is he? <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, but if the, rumors, the if the rumors are out there that if the rumors are out there, the, well, the rumors are out there that the PK is 
someone who is available. The the Preds are like, yeah, all right, let's see what you know, let's see what we can do regarding PK. You're going to take PK over EK, right? Oh, first, mate, that's that is a proclamation. Injured EK sixty five or not? PK over over Eric Carlson. I don't know. For the, I, for, for dude, the, for the same cap hit. If 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 Carlson gets nine point five million, which you'll get more than, but would you have would you have Carlson or Supan? I just think I here's why here's why I take PK. Okay, I just think at some point at some point we've got we've got to get past this idea at some point that a thirty five percent Eric Carlson is a great thing. I'm not saying he's not going to be fit again. I'm not yes. saying that he's not. You know, it's it's a hockey culture thing. I get it. And I've said before, I am convinced there are players who say to medical staff, who say to coaches, whatever, you'd better fucking put me out there or there's going to be fucking hell to pay. And almost threatening in a, in a, because that's the way hockey players are. They want to play. They want to play all the time. But you can't, you can't just keep trotting out players there who are always getting injured. And it's not Eric... Is it Eric Carlson's fault? I don't know. Maybe it's going to take a coach who's going to put him under, and we've got to think of a better name for this, load management that they're talking a lot about in the in the in basketball right now, where mm. players are just getting rested for no reason. I think hockey, ha- we have to go to this in hockey. You can't just keep trotting Eric Carlson out there when he's clearly not right. He was fucking... Honestly, if you'd seen that game five, right, like before the game, they're just going, well, look, you know, he's stretching there and he's just, this guy's not right. Yet he's on the ice playing in a conference final. Is it his fault? I don't know. Is he make, Is he deciding he goes out there? Is it Pete DeBoer deciding he goes out I mean, Pete DeBoer said afterwards, I took advice from the player and I took advice from the medical staff. Pete, is, Eric played three, three minutes in the second period, obviously couldn't go for the third. Yeah. Is there any regret on your part in playing him tonight? With the ways well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know. I, I think, you know, we make those decisions based on the reports we get from the player and the medical, and, you know, the, the report was that felt he could he could play and get through the game. So, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, no, yeah, yeah sure you have regrets. Eric Carlson's telling him, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good to go. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And he clearly wasn't. Now, did Eric Carlson cost them the game? <sighs> Lots of things went. I don't know. If that Evander Kane shot goes in in the first 10 seconds, the game's probably different. But the story is, Eric Carlson wasn't right. He cost the team his first goal. He was clearly not fit enough to race back. <sighs> I, I don't know. If I'm a GM, I don't need that on my team. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't look at a guy who's been injured the whole year and has other injuries as well. If it's me at this point, I want—I just want a guy who I know can play and is fit and can play whenever's needed and is fit and healthy. So you'll take um, you'll take Tim Heed over Eric Carlson. <laughs> if you tell if you're saying to me PK over EK, right now, right now I'm taking PK. Yeah, that's that's fair enough, especially when you when you're looking at like what six years left on PK versus seven years on on Eric Carlson. The problem is for for NHL coaches and GMs, and I can't really hold it against them. Eric Carlson is still the man that made that incredible pass to Mike Hoffman in the playoffs a few years ago. He's still, I know. We have the evidence of him being incredible, and you. In the same way we were saying you've got to take a gamble on Ben Bounds, is there not 
you know, a part of NHL GMs that thinks I've got to hope that if he is fit, he can be that player. And I don't want to miss out on the chance to sign a potentially fit Eric Carlson. That's yeah, the, but that's what, the coin yeah, you've in there. Isn't it? I get it, but at what cost to your cap? Ah, if you're saying if you're saying to me Eric Carlson comes in saying oh, I want seven years at ten and a half, I want seven years at eleven, you're like no mate, I'm sorry, <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> Laugh at Eric Carlson. I love the idea of Eric Carlson like playing in Sweden next year. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't get a contract. <laughs> Eric Carlson, clearly, all right, no, the best, the best he's going to get a contract. In the last ten years, yeah. finally hits the UFA and doesn't get a contract. Here's it. What do we say? We say this all the time. When you fucking fall off that cliff, it is rapid. There's no. Well, he's a, not as quite as good as he used to be. A lot of players, when they go off that cliff and and they start declining, it is immeasurable speed. How quickly they go bad. And if I was a GM right now, looking at that. I'd be very, very wary, very wary, and maybe Mate. is it? Maybe is a GM who says to Eric Carlson, "You know what? Optional skate. Don't come in tomorrow. Just rest up for the game." I know you know how to skate, Eric. I don't need you to come into the fucking practice facility and go through some fucking drills. I know you know how to do that. Just go home, chill out, rest up, just play the games. Maybe it's going to take a GM or a coach who does that. That's fine. But if if you're saying to me, am I gonna am I gonna give Eric Carlson seven years at ten, seven years at eleven? No way, no way. I, I, he is, he ha, and has been a fantastic player, but he's one player, and I am not gonna risk that much money. If I'm a GM, I am not gonna risk that much money on a. Well, let's hope so, because I think that's crazy. Not not that I want it to happen, because I love watching him play and I love Carlson as a as a human being and as a player. Yeah, but I would, I would be so giddy if he's out of the league by the next lockout. That just just make me laugh in ways I could not sort of fathom. Not that he will be, but if it if it did happen, that'd be just um, very very funny. Yeah. Now, if you said to me, if you said to me, Carlson says I want eight years, but it's, he's never going to do it because he wouldn't. But if you could get say either shorter term or shorter money, then yeah, then I'll take that. Because then it's worth the risk. I think the short term's a possibility. Can you not see him taking like one year at seven million in uh in Tampa Bay or something? Yeah, yeah I could. And and that and then that to me that's fine. I, that's that's worth a risk. Because it's not really a risk then is it? You're not committed for that long. Even if even if you even if you say two years, three years, I'd I'd do that. <laughs> I'd give Eric Carson a cheeky little bridge deal. Why not? A <laughs> <laughs> little show me contract. <laughs> Here's the thing, Eric. You've got a bet on yourself, okay? You've got to prove to yourself that you can do it, Eric, and then we'll give you the big money. <laughs> I just want to like see he's 21 years old. <laughs> you've actually still got a bone left in that ankle. That's all I need yeah. to see. I know. Or if you if you do sign him to that contract. You have to just give in the most rigorous physical fucking test anyone's ever get on ever. It's like those adverts for mattresses. Like we test this mattress a thousand times before we ship it out. That's what Eric Carlson needs. He needs one of those mattress tests things, where he can just you know they can just put him through complete paces. But I, 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 I feel like risking a, that money. I feel like it was a good joke comparing Eric Carlson to a mattress, but um. <laughs> I haven't somewhere. got it for you, Dan. I haven't got it. It's, it's there somewhere. Someone can dig it out. This did get me thinking on, on the back of 
what we were just talking about. Can can you see teams doing this more? Can you see teams going to a more uh, sort of squad based game instead of just making the best team play every single game? Um, for the sake I of like, does it? Sorry, just quickly, just quickly. The reason I was thinking was, was that I saw somebody make a. Uh, I was saying it wasn't really an argument. They were just saying oh, it's interesting that, mm. but a lot of Bruins players got injured early midway through the season. A lot of players got injured, and it was almost like, yeah, but they're kind of maybe they're a bit fresher because they've had a bit of a rest, you know. Like they have that kind of bit of time to catch up in sort of Jan Feb, get back up to speed, and then by the time they get to the playoffs. Okay, now we're fully fit and ready to go again. Like we've had, we've had like a bit of a season, then a mini break, now another bit of a season. And I just, I was just wondering, you know, can you see a time where we go to like a more of a squad-based game instead of having to play the best team every single game? The the problem with that is the rules around NHL squads. I think so. At the moment, you're allowed a twenty-three man roster. Yes. Um, I just think you know where you've got wise eighteen skaters and not it, you can't. Yeah, and you've you've got your your Eric Carlson's, you've got your Patrice Bergeron's, you've got your your Conor McDavid sitting on your on your bench. If you're in a game, you know, coaches are very narrow minded. If you're in a game that you're losing and you've got Conor McDavid on your bench, whether you're meant to be resting him and hopefully playing him twelve minutes a night or not, you're going to chuck him over the over those boards and and turn the ice skate his arse off, aren't you? It's the, I agree. I agree. But a if, lot of, if you're, if there's you're, a lot of inflexibility around the roster itself, so you can't. Oh no, I agree. Rest a player. I know what you're saying, but I'm thinking more of it as a kind of. How can I explain this? Sometimes you get. You know, sometimes you'll get like a two days break after a game. So if you're if you're if you're playing a home game, then you've got a game on the road. Then you come back in two days for a home game or something like that. Could you maybe say to a certain player, "We're going to healthy scratch you for this game. Just go and chill. Don't worry about it. If we lose, like we lose. T- taking out the travel sort of thing. Yeah, I'm banking on it. I'm banking on the future. I'm banking on future performance. If I healthy scratch you a couple of games in the season and give you sort of three days off here, four days off here, it, it, that was kind of what I meant. Not like you know, <laughs> there's like a different eighteen skaters because you can't do that. But that, that was like you know, like your star players, like say your Bergerons or your Carlsons or your Tyler Sagans or you know something like that. Yeah, no, I get, I get you there. I think the problem with that as well is um, the the sort of the faux parity that we have in this league leads to such paranoia from these from these coaches because ultimately they're not coaching for the players' best interest. They're coaching for their own best interest. They're coaching for their their job next season, their their next job at another organization in a few seasons' time, whatever it might be. True. What. It doesn't benefit you to scratch Conor McDavid, especially when you know say, oh, we're we're in the playoffs, but whoever is next to us is four points out, and it's January. Oh, that's really close. Even though it isn't, it's it's all the league set up working against itself, where you get the the coaches thinking every game matters, which to an extent they do. Therefore, having no incentive to to rest any of their players. As far as the coach is concerned, all eighty-two of those are must wins. I agree that's a mentality right now, but do you think like a Calgary, a Tampa, a Boston, a Toronto, they were all they were locked in in pretty much early Feb? I mean, they were locked in pretty much at the start. Of the, well, not the Calgary, but some teams were locked in at the start of the season for crying out loud. But yeah. once you get to late Jan, early Feb, and you're 
12 points clear, 13 points clear. They've been out. You're in the playoffs by 13 points, 12 points. Why not just chuck a couple of healthy scratches out there to your best players? Just give them a break. Just say to the guys in the room, okay, here's what we're going to do. It might seem crazy, but here's what we're going to do. I'm banking on the future. And then by the time you get to the playoffs, you got some resting. I think the canary in the coal mine for this kind of thinking is going to be April for those teams that you say are locked in. Because yeah, even that's at the, the thing. Even at the moment, you get like you know Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point playing the last ten games of the season when they absolutely don't need to. If yeah. we start seeing, yeah, we get the odd one like all oh, last game of the season, whoever's been scratched. Like if we start seeing an evolution of that, and like you know. John Tavares, whoever you want, not playing the last five games of the season when their team's locked into a spot. That's how it's going to start. And only from there could you see you know, all Conor McDavid's been scratched for a game in November or, or January or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. I think I think it should be done. Like, it's good sports science thinking. I just think the the mentality around the NHL is such... Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, absolutely not going to see it for a while. Yeah, I mean, if you scratch, if you healthy scratch any player, I imagine half of them would just start throwing shit into their locker and talking. You know, oh my god, it's game fifty-seven. Where the fuck am I being scratched for game fifty-seven? <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's like, the most important game in my career. Yeah, exactly. So well, it's the most game in Tuesday night. The next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, now, all right, let's move on to the cup final. Let's get a little man versus man prediction out there. As we, as we talk about the cup final. First off, let's just get it out there. I'm taking the Blues in six. Oh my God. Faux pas. Hey. I can't just say that. Fucking hell. That's your fault, you shit. Oh, excellent. Excellent. You've, earwormed. You You've earwormed into my brain, you fuck. <laughs> I'm taking like, the Bruins in six. Because I'm not scared to bet on my own team. And did well, you, uh, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be taking... I'll be taking the Blues in six. Did you, uh, did you ever read the Animorphs books when you were a boy, Dan? The what books? Animorphs. You must have read Animorphs, surely. Animorphs. Rings a bell, yeah. but I don't remember any of it. The telepathic kids who could turn into animals. No, I never did. I never did. Well, um, in in the Animorphs series, they had brain slugs as the uh, as the main. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. As the main uh, sort of antagonists called Yerks. I think it was Yerks. Yeah, Yerks. Um, alien brain slugs, and uh, yeah, I've treated you. Uh, as if I was an alien brain slug and convinced yeah. you to thinking that the Blues are going to win in six. <sighs> you bastard. No, I'm taking the Bruins in six. That's good. That's very loyal of you. I'm sure Bruce Cassidy will be very happy for that. <laughs> I'm sure when I ring him later and I put forward my plan of resting players in November, he'll be thrilled to hear my prediction as well. <laughs> when he's when he's doing his, uh, his post-game scrum after game six in St. Louis, um... After losing, after the cup final, you know, Flute Ocean Azawa will ask him, you know, how, how are you feeling? And, uh, you know, what's, the, what's, the, what's the feeling like in a room at the moment, Bruce? I mean, we were pretty low uh, until we listened to, um, you know, re-listened to that episode of <laughs> Two Bits One Puck where, <laughs> where Big Danny Masters said he's, he thinks we would have won in six and that's really lifted our spirits. I mean, he's the only thing that has gotten me through this very tough period of my time, both personally and professionally, and that's all I'll say on it. That's exactly what Bruce Cassidy's going to say. I'm going to say to future Bruce now, you're welcome, Bruce. It's, it's okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so interestingly, as we 
I've, I've been looking at some stats for the cup final as well. Ooh. The Bruins have, and this is this is where it gets terrifying. The Bruins have a better goals per game, better goals against, better power play, a better penalty kill, and more shots on goal. And the scary mm. thing is, we all know that doesn't matter. <laughs> Music to my ears, Dan. <laughs> yep, exactly. I'm, because I'm glad. What, yeah, because what do the Blues have? The Blues have a hot goalie. They have elite players. They have good depth. They have a great story. They have their own song. And they have their own super fan that everyone's rooting for. How are we meant to beat that? I don't, how are we meant to beat that? They've, they've got more run, more fairy tale per 60 than the, uh, than the Bruins do. <laughs> we just have to take hope from the Capitals last year and we, we just piss on everyone's parade and just spoil the whole big party. Of, yeah, but, of by actually being the better team. Yeah, by actually being a good team and winning some hockey games. That's all I can hope for. I, I, I know it's you know you say it about basically any series, but I can see it going either way. I really can. I really yeah, can. I, I just can't. I love how in back to back years we've had two teams that shouldn't have been in the final. You know, ending up in the final in 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 the the Knights and the Blues. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. It is good. It is good. And and weirdly, two t- the other two teams that got to the final were surprises. But then when you think about it, shouldn't have been surprises. No. Everyone was like, oh my God, the Capitals are in the final. I'm like, yeah, they finished top of their division. They were a good team. <laughs> oh my God, the Bruins got to the final. Yeah, they were the second best team in the whole of the NHL. <laughs> so and, they, and they have should been, been in the for final. quite a number of years. <laughs> yeah, they've been good for a long time. My, my concern is, and I said this to you off air, Christ, <sighs> maybe around January. This is very close to being the last chance I will have I think for a long time I've seen a Bruins team win a cup because it's getting close now it's getting close uh, close-ish like what you're going to lose Chara not this year but the year after probably yeah and that's just one piece like Bergeron's still got a few years Marjan's got plenty of years like eh what, David Krejci's going to go soon? I think that'll be all right. You'll probably have someone to come in and replace him. Actually, yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah, do you know what? You're right. I believe this... Christ, eight years ago, eight years ago, I was watching this team and we were coming up against the Canucks and I was thinking, there is not a cat in hell's chance we're going to beat this Canucks team. And we did. And, you know... And then, to be fair, two years later, we got to the final, and I thought, yeah, we can beat this Blackhawks team. So, <laughs> Famous last words. Oh, don't that game six still kills me. Don't, I can't think about it. Don't think about it. That's fine. You can uh, you can stop thinking about it after uh, the next game six. You never know what way it's going to go, but the Bruins do seem to be one of those teams who just always seem to find players. They They... It's very rare that a Bruins team is very bad. We always seem to be there or thereabouts, at least. Even if we don't make the playoffs, it always seems to be a last couple of games we don't make it, or we squeak it on the last day or something. So, you know what? I'm changing my mind. I think we'll be okay. But as for this, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Either way. It's, uh, it's going to be a good final. I really do think it's going to be a good final. It's going to be... Uh, you've got the right combination of players to uh, create a bit of... Of sort of off the puck interest, if you will. I think it's it's going to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a snippy final, but it's going to be a good one. 
some really skilled yeah. players as well. So it's going to be the perfect combination of of grit and toughness and uh, and, and otherworldly skill, which is which is what we can ask for. Absolutely. I mean, rid- both teams ridiculously matched all over. Ridiculously matched. It's. I think. I think in in the case of all the other teams in the West who we looked at, we said they can they they'll be good as long as X works, as long as this does this thing. Whereas with the Blues, they very much like the Bruins just seem to be a team that's stacked top to bottom. They don't they, they don't seem to have a real weakness. So yeah, it's it's they will be good. Full stop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A little interesting stat that Elliot Friedman picked up yesterday. In 2003, after 15 years with the Bruins, Don Sweeney was signed by Dallas and he finished his playing career there and then scouted for the Stars before going back to work for the Bruins. The GM for the Stars at the time, Doug Armstrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not going to cheer for the Bruins. Nice try, man. <laughs> Yet. Well, you know... I don't need to change your mind, Will, because when I'm when I'm at the parade in one of the open top limousines, you know, cheering on my team with the ticker tape falling around me, I'll make sure to flick the V's in your direction. Oh, good. Yeah, please do. I will. A couple of things. I am hoping, beyond hope, that Patrick Waugh is hired by the Senators, as he was oh interviewed this week. He was interviewed this week for the head coach. He actually job. got an interview. Oh yeah, he's been interviewed. He is on. He is on that short. There's six oh. or seven on the short list. My goodness. The only other person I can remember off that interview list was Jacques Martin. I can't remember a other. Per- I, I cannot remember a single other person on that list. But Mark, uh, Mark Crawford, I assume, is on there. Yes, yes, Mark. Yes, of course, Mark Crawford's on there. But That's not a good cares? combination of people. <laughs> Dude, who gives a shit? Patrick Wah, <laughs> get him in there, please. Get him in there. Oh, that'd be. Jesus Christ. If they hire Patrick Moore, that would just be absolutely ludicrous. Step aside Philadelphia, because the newest three amigos on the horizon could be Pierre Dorian, Eugene Melnick, and Patrick Moore. Oh my God. What a three-headed monster. <laughs> An absolutely beautiful three-headed monster. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, here's the thing. His time in Colorado was, shall we say, interesting. <laughs> but he did that first season. That first season, he was really good. He won the Jack Adams, for fuck's sake. So he's got something. He's got something somewhere. They just—I mean, Christ! I'm trying to—I was going to say they need to be the ones who bring it out of him, but then I just realised what I was going to say. It's the Senators, for fuck's sake. They'll—they'll they'll bring something out of him, and it'll be something that nobody wanted brought out of anyone. Yeah. No. And he has got a temper. Maybe he's calmed down. I hope not. I hope he just. I hope he's still got the same temper as when he fucking got into that thing with. Bruce. Do you remember that thing with Bruce Boudreau when he fucking nearly pushed over the uh, the partition onto his head? And they don't just go out there and drop the puck. As soon as the puck is dropped, they deliver a couple of cross checks. And, and they're uh, having words out of the benches. Yeah. Patrick Waugh, very animated as he comes over. Well, that's a long season. He's talking to Corey Perry about it. And this will be something to watch. There's two more games between these teams this season. We'll come back to Noah now. Look at this. Boudreaux comes over. And Law's taking the house down. 
as the stanchion and the pane of glass between the benches doesn't look very sturdy. Wasn't that like in his first game or something as well? Yeah, something ridiculous. It was something ridiculous at the end of the game. Him and Boudreaux just screaming at each other and then they're fucking... And then Wild just tries to push over the partition in between them onto Boudreaux. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Absolutely beautiful. That's what we like to see, isn't it? Fabulous. Fabulous. Didn't he, and like pulling the goalie with like eight minutes left or something. Yeah, but that's, that's sensible. You know, analytic show. <laughs> yeah, analytic show. But please, please, Eugene, if you're hearing this, please, Pierre, please, get him in there. It'll be fabulous. It's, it's the only place we'd want to see him back in uh, back in action as well. The only place that would be you know, reasonable to uh, to rehire him. Absolutely. Now, I mean, yeah, now that Edmonton is obviously, because Edmonton at the question because he's gone for an interview with the Sens and I just, I've not even seen, I've not even seen anything relating to Edmonton yet, but if you want him anywhere, yeah, you want Warren Ottawa. Because... <laughs> I'm just laughing, thinking about it. <laughs> oh dear. All right, let's finish up this week, Will. Have you watched Game of Thrones? Oh my God. Jesus Christ. So I, with uh, with, yeah, a little little insights in my home life. Uh, my my other half Grace works evenings, and I work I work a nine to five. So she does what works out as seven seven evenings every two weeks. So basically, you know, half of the time she's doing a doing a night. It just so happened that this Monday she was working a night. I was working during the day, so we had to watch it separately. So I watched uh, I watched this episode of Game of Thrones, the finale. On my tide on Monday night, and um, it wasn't until Grace got home at sort of half ten, and we started talking about it and discussing the episode, that I realised just how pissed off I was with the entire situation. Yes. When I was on yes, my own, go off, King. Go off, when King. I, when I was on my own, I just sort of, okay, yeah, there's quite a few shitty things in there, but yeah, here's what it is. There you go. That's the ending. The ending was never going to be any good. When you start to pass down into little individual details about it, you think, "What the fuck was that?" Go <sighs> off, King. Preach, brother. Fucking hell, mate. I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I was watching it. I find it very difficult to get. Ang- I find it very difficult to get annoyed during the episode because after about half an hour, I stopped paying attention. I was checking my phone and shit like that because I thought, "Oh." There's nothing going on, so I'll just fucking I'll just do something else, like you know, whatever. And I didn't, I didn't want to crap on it. I didn't want to crap on it. I wanted to give myself time to breathe, and time to reflect. But this whole season, this whole season was an absolute mess and an absolute waste of my time. And I'm the more I think about it, the more annoyed I get. The more annoyed I get. There's one of those things. There's one of those things where, if there is a heaven and hell. Whichever one I end up at, let's be honest, spoiler alert, we all know which one it's going to be. But when I go down there, someone's going to say to me, you know why you're down here, don't you? And I'll say, no. You say, you didn't help anybody. You could have been doing charity work. You could have been working for the Samaritans. You could have been in some call centre somewhere, talking people down off fucking rooftops or something. And, I, and I'm going to say, yeah, but I never really had the time. And they're going to say, you watched that entire season eight of Game of Thrones. You had the time. And I'll go, oh my God, you're right. I did have the time. Why did I waste my time with this shit? It's, it's going to be the final uh, final sort of um, 
stamp on your uh, on your hell loyal <laughs> My card. shitty existence. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> right. There might be some things I missed. I, I, you know, I'm not a smart guy. Let's not be around the bush here. I'm pretty stupid about certain things. I'm going to ask you a few questions, Will. If you don't know, that's fine. But I feel like I have to ask, why was, why was Bran the Three-Eyed Raven? What, what did that do? <laughs> that's... That, so so Bran goes from being this, like, it, it, effectively a deity. You know, he's he's yeah. Westeros' answer to the Buddha, but with yeah. an element of, of foresight and... You know, seeing, you know, being, you know, Buddha on wheels, basically. Yeah. And then in the last episode, he turns into comic relief. Yeah. Why else do you think I'm here? Ha ha! There you go. Like, that, oh my God. Like, the, the, before we get into it, the, the major plot points. Of... I like how this is. I like how this is before we get into it. <laughs> like we're before not already we, knee deep in it. <laughs> before we really get into it, yeah. the major plot points of the episode. I didn't really have a problem with what they were. The idea. I agree. Of, the yeah. idea of Bran eventually being king. Fine. Danny being killed by Jon Snow. Fine. Yeah. Um. All the starts going in their own direction. Fine. Fine. It's the fact that we, the path that we went down for seven series, seven and a half series, did not lead us there. No. Did not lead us there in the, in the slightest. And the brand story arc is chief among them in that yes. fact. He's badgering on right until the end of Blade Series 8, Episode 5. Oh, I'm above this. I'm separate from this. You know, I am, I'm bloody, you know, I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. And there's like, well, I was meant to be king the whole time. So for fuck's sakes. You're a Stark, just like me. I'm not a Stark. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. I'm above everything. Do you want to be king? Yeah, right. Why not? What? Ah, I mean, if you're offering, yeah, sure. <laughs> what? What? Here's the problem. The problem was, was that it felt like they tried to take a show that was wacky and crazy and fucking batshit insane and then try to make it really realistic at the end. I don't want realism in a show with white zombie snow people and dragons. And a girl who can literally change her entire appearance. And there was not one plot twist involving it in the last three years. I, I hadn't even Why? thought about that. I hadn't even thought about that. So the last time Arya does something with the faces was to kill Walder Frey? Yes. That's it. You have a character who can change her entire appearance. And there's not one plot twist involving that fact. How is that possible? How can you not write that in somewhere? How? Fuck me. Can you imagine, right? I was thinking, can you... Because I, I was nearly out on Game of Thrones around... Se- what brought me back into Game of Thrones in season four was the fight where Jon first kills a White Walker. The battle at the... Pier Harbour area, and then they'll sail off at the end. And the Night King, you know, oh, does his first the fucking battle of fucking whatever it's called. Home. Yes, literally my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of television ever. I was absolutely gripped by that last sort of that last fight of like 15 20 minutes of TV. Amazing, absolutely brought me back in. One of the issues I had with it was that I was sick to fucking death of watching Arya scrub basically hospital floors. <laughs> <laughs> while some guy had made her blind. I'm like, what was she doing? 
what are we doing? Why? Why, why is she doing this? And then we should kill Walter Frey. I was like, oh my God, it was all worth it. It was so worth it for that moment. That was amazing. Who's the next person she's going to do that to? Nobody. Nobody. Now she's just a regular person. Now she's just a regular pirate. Great. Great. How? Fuck me. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The, I wanted, the I wanted, mon- sorry, go on. No, no, you go on. What did you want? I wanted Drogon to try and set fire to John. But he could. Here's what annoys me, right? People saying, well, actually, I think you'll find that John could be burned. No. If people are writing this show, if you don't want John to be vulnerable to fire, he won't be. It's simple as that. What would have been. I, I wanted Drogon trying to set fire to John because, because Drogon knows that John kills Danny. He tries to set fire to John. John doesn't burn. Somebody sees it and goes, oh my shit, and, and, like, and bends the knee. And now we've got something. Holy shit, he's a Targaryen. What the fuck? Crazy. Okay, let's go from there. That's crazy. Or, I wanted Arya to kill... Go on. Even, sorry to interrupt, but even on the flip no, side fine. of that, Drogon tries to burn John in you know, trying to kill him. Because yeah. I've got some fucking things to say about Drogon in a second. Tries to kill oh, him. Yeah. John doesn't die. Drogon's like, oh, fuck this thing. Goes off with Danny's body. And then that adds even more weight to John's... You know, John's the rightful heir. He is the yes. last dragon, and he's just being banished into into the middle of nowhere. Like, you know, he yeah. is he is the one, and then the absolute anticlimax of him going off into north of the wall would have a bit even more significance, sort of thing. But to, I get the idea. Sorry to hijack the train of thought, Dan, but no, I get on. the idea. The, the the dragons are, are hyper-intelligent for what they are. That's been drilled into us since the moment we met them. I completely understand that. But in what world does Drogon either not understand that Jon is the one that has murdered Danny, or not care that Jon has murdered Danny, yet still understands the um, the symbolism that a big chair has, and then <laughs> subsequently what destroying that chair would represent ah oh, it was that gave me a bloody stomach ulcer watching that it was like Dude. just the <laughs> cringiest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life it was so bad it was so bad I wanted Arya to kill Jamie I said this to you I wanted Arya to kill Jamie take his face then kill Cersei but here's how I wanted them to do it I wanted Jamie to come in and kill Cersei and then she take and then Arya takes off the face and it turns out that Jamie was Arya. And now we don't know for how long was she Jamie. She's clearly killed Jamie at some point because he has to be dead for her to take his face. We never see it, but we know because we've been invested in this show and we know as fans, holy shit, she killed Jamie. It gives us such a gut punch of, oh my God, Jamie's story was amazing. He came through all this stuff. We like him in the end. And we fucking love Aya because she's a badass. But she doesn't give a shit about Jamie because his family killed her dad. She just vanishes into a crowd and she's never seen in the episode again because she's no one. She just disappears. That would have been... I, I, would, I love that. That would have been so much better than Jamie and Cersei are killed by bricks. That's what they were killed by. They were killed by bricks. And the picture is... Obviously, the picture online is if they'd stood four foot to the right, they'd be alive. Brilliant. Brilliant. I want the three-eyed raven to do something. Instead of saying shit like, I already knew I'd be here. 
or of course you're not dead, or I knew that would happen, the absolute smug git. Instead, instead, we get Bron and fucking Davos auditioning for a sitcom at a neighbor to watch meeting, Sam suggesting a general election at fucking summer camp, I becomes Dory the Explorer, and Bran gets picked to be the fucking king. Why? <laughs> Why? Fuck. God, what was it? I was making my point to uh, to my barber earlier. Um, so the shout three mates. Shout out to my barber. Shout out to, to bigger uh, a hockey goalie, and uh, in, a, oh. in another small world, he was he was a he was a quad quad goalie. Um, oh. Came and played a couple of games for for the Royal team, but he was yeah shit hot goalie, shit hot goalie. Anyway, um, so, yeah. So so the first training that he turns up to this guy Elliot. Shout out to Elliot. So he turns up in, in his quad gear, which is basically, um, you know, like the foam swim aids that you get. <laughs> yeah. That sort of material in the shape of knee pads and a glove. <laughs> he did, guy didn't oh even God. have a helmet on. Like and he's wearing like a trackie. It was like, well, this is bloody easy. There's so much space in the net. Guy's like a bloody cat in there. Absolute madman. <laughs> so I was saying to earlier, earlier, um, so you've got the three major deaths of this series. You've got the Night King, you've got Cersei, and you've got Daenerys. The Night King and Daenerys end with a stab. Just a little stab with effectively no build-up. Yeah. And then Cersei is crushed by a pile of rocks. Yeah. In what world is that like a satisfying ending? I get the idea, and, and, and I was saying to someone else, the problem is they've subverted expectations so much that it's become... A, not that much of a surprise. So when characters like uh, like Varys are dying, it doesn't have that weight because you expect that any character's life is worthless. Yeah. And B, when they're trying to subvert expectations in other way, other ways, like these deaths of major character, major characters and major villains being ultimately anticlimactic, it doesn't have the same narrative weight that it should do and the same impact that it should do thus taken away from the product as a whole yeah completely it was they 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 tried to like i ref i referenced on twitter i referenced the wire which clearly is still the best tv show ever made because this has just killed the show for me completely in the wire it was clear that they showed from day one anybody could die at any time it's not glorious, it's not fanciful, it's not exciting. People just die. In Game of Thrones, people are dying by dragons, or by zombie white people, or by giants, or by fucking whatever, or by a or girl who can mass, change her face. Mass betrayal and things like that. Like, it's, it's yeah. an event. You know, these characters might die, but it's going to be an event. You've got the Red Wedding, you've got the Purple Wedding, you've got, even like when the Tarleys get burned by the dragon, that was an event. Yeah. Bloody Samuel Tarly's dickhead dad got more respect in his death than the Night King Daenerys or Cersei did. Yeah. John John being killed in yeah. the night at the Night's Watch. Like it was a fucking holy shit like story to people who'd not read the books or you know, or didn't know that was what you know, what would happen. It was a holy fuck. Is he really dead? And then people the next day online saying, if he's dead, I'm that's it. If he's dead, I'm fucking like, this show is dead to me. This show's done. And I'm bringing him back and everything. Not just, oh no, you can't kill those people. But John, they'll understand. They'll understand. Stab. 
dead. That's it. That was it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, Christ almighty. I don't still... know. Sorry. <laughs> no, go on. We shall call him Bran the Broken. He is the new king of the Seven Kingdoms. Sansa, it's actually six because fuck that. Yeah, Bran? We're good, right? Yeah, right, fine, just six. What? <laughs> you've already fucking gone under your brother's, like... You've already got under your brother's skin immediately by declaring the North is separate, so fuck you. Oh, and then she goes, Bran can't be king. His dick doesn't even work, basically. <laughs> he can't have kids. He hasn't even got a fucking cock that works. He can't be the king. Like, Jesus Christ. How have you broken the wheel? How have you broken the wheel? Because at some point, someone else is going to want to be the king. <laughs> they talk about break... Daenerys talk for like ever about breaking the wheel. And Tyrion says about breaking the wheel. They've not broken the wheel. They've just taken one spoke off it. Now the Six Kingdoms. Great. You know, it makes more sense to break the wheel. There's no ruler of any king. There's no ruler of the Seven Kingdoms. Every kingdom has their own little bit and they just look after themselves. That's breaking the wheel. Not having Six Kingdoms instead of Seven... Fucking hell. You know, it was really horrendous symbolism, which I didn't realise at the time, but did afterwards, and just oh, made me groan yet again. <laughs> don't. If it's something I've missed, I'll be even more annoyed. I mean, I don't, I don't know if... Yeah. Anyway, it's... Um, so Drogon destroyed the Iron Throne. Yeah. Therefore, the only person who could rule the Seven or Six Kingdoms would be someone who doesn't need the Iron Throne. Oh. <laughs> Someone who already has already a throne of her own. He's already got a throne. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, that was fucking awful, wasn't it? it was but awful. the but awful. the show as a whole yeah. the show as a whole, like i d I'm trying really hard to not let the way it ended ruin the rest of it because it was incredible. But it does though. Because you gotta imagine if you you gotta imagine now, if you went back and rewatched it all the time you'd be thinking, why am I bothering? I'm watching all this cool shit. I'm, all, I'm watching all this... Because I've gone back and what I've rewatched entire series before, like series I've enjoyed, series that have got endings right, like The Wire, like The Shield, like, oh God, uh, like, you know, I, I didn't hate the Seinfeld ending. I love the Sopranos ending. I've gone back and rewatched those shows because I don't mind those endings. They don't ruin it for me. Like I said, you, you spend a year and a half watching Arya... Well, in real time, but you know, see, you know, if you're watching it on catch up or whatever, it doesn't matter. But you go through all those episodes of Arya basically being a janitor in a hospital. You're just watching like, why? Why am I even watching this? What's the point? It doesn't, it doesn't matter to anything. Why, why do I care? John being all fucking maudlin in the in the in the wilds with his wilding people, and we all know he's the he's the real heir to the throne, but no one else does. You think well, it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter really. Fucking who gives a shit? <laughs> Fucking hell. It, it ruins it for me. Which is terrible, but it does. It's a it's a grand shame. It really is. But at least it's over. At least it's over. And you know what, folks? If you get a chance, go and watch John Wick 3, because it was fucking ace. Oh, I still need to watch the first two. Like, You've not seen John, any John Wick? I know, I know, I know. I, know. I, really, I really want to watch them as well. Yeah, you should. They're just ridiculous ridiculous action and Keanu Reeves is perfect I think combined in the three films he must have said about 400 words he's perfect he doesn't have to talk much he just shoots a lot of people it's great I always think um, Keanu would have been good not that not that the film's existence was good at all but if they were going to have to do a westernised version of Old Boy 
chuck Yano in there. Why not? Do you know they did it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I know, I know. Who, who did they have? Who's the Josh guy? Josh Brolin. Josh that Brolin. was the one. Was oh, it Josh Brolin? Ah. Yeah. yeah. I refuse to watch it, by the way, because oh, I yeah, heard but... bad things and there's no fucking way I'm watching well, it. Was, it was, it was never going to be good, and if memory <laughs> serves, they changed like really stupid little things, like he wasn't in that apartment for 15 years, he was in it for seven or something, or five yeah, years. Or it was just stupid little things that I changed. Yeah, fucking felt that. Anyway. Whatever. But if you, yeah, there you go, folks. That's a recommendation. Don't watch Game of Thrones. Don't start watching it. Don't think I'm watching binge it because everyone's watched it. Don't. You'll be disappointed and sad like we were. Watch John Wick 3 instead. Watch all of them instead. Actually, watch all the John Wicks for the amount of time it would take you to watch Game of Thrones. Just watch all the John Wicks back to back to back to back to back to back. And you'll be much happier. You'll be much happier. Watch the trilogy like 20 times over or whatever it is. Yeah. You'll feel much better about yourself. Okie dokie. Thank you, everybody. There will be no show next week as my wife has decided to plan a holiday while the Stanley Cup finals are on, which is just terrible. So, selfish. Yeah, selfish. Although it does mean I'll get to watch the Stanley Cup finals on a holiday, which is kind of cool, I guess. I'll, you know, get a bit of sun and watch some hockey. I like I'm, that. I'm not going to get started on this. No, let's not. So there will be no show next week. But we will about the, we will about the week after. But to be fair, when we're about the week after, I think maybe only three games will have been played anyway. So the schedule is so ridiculously long that I'm not I'm not actually missing that much in real time on the uh, on the show. So there we go. So what was I going to say? Can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still too busy to write think about Game of Thrones. Look at that. So anyway, thank you for listening. If we don't get to those. Get, oh Christ almighty, I'll start again. So thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at... W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. At 2Bits1Puck, number two, number one. Will, any last words? I really need to piss. There we go. We'll leave you with that. Be in the cup final. Yay. See you later, folks. Peace. Who else do that? <laughs>